stories of the week have nothing to do with impeachment, but you're not hearing about them except here. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. And I would like to say Merry Christmas. I am absolutely in the Christmas spirit. My producer Binkley is here. Binkley, Merry Christmas to you. According to the Democrats. Say that again? Merry impeachment is what the Democrats say. <laughs> Didn't uh, George, who's the Kellyanne Conway, George Conway. George Conway. He uh, tagged it. What did he say? Impotus. Oh. Like instead of POTUS, he calls him impotus. Yeah. Because the most important person in D.C. next to Trump himself, who's actually next to Trump, wants her husband mouthing off on Twitter. Got to be a lot of relationship tension <laughs> or something going on there. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're into it somehow. <laughs> anyway, so uh, there there's been a lot of impeachment news. Of course, I don't think that I, what I think is happening is it's really being used. We can get into whether it's intentionally being used or not, but it's being used as a distraction, as a kind of smoke and mirrors for policy that people should be talking about. And when I saw all the stuff that came down this week that Trump would have made a stink about and had made stinks about previously, he just, the there was only one thing he even threatened to veto. And this is a guy who was just impeached on extremely nebulous, vague grounds, on 100% on party lines, he could have at least stood his ground on some of this stuff, like the wall. Funding for the wall stayed exactly what it has had been before. And last year, there was a knockdown drag out over it. But this year, you know, just when you would think he would, I mean, especially given his personality, get away with being able to just say, hey, you know what? This is how you want to play. I can play. I can play hardball totally fine but the only thing he said that he would veto so bizarre is that the democrats passed a bill to suspend the salt deduction cap so there's a a state and local tax deduction because if you're paying taxes you don't want to pay taxes on money you never even got so it's a really weird provision of the tax bill that trump passed and the Republicans, for whatever reason, I don't know, are going, uh, falling on their swords for it, saying it's not right to subsidize New York and California. They're the ones who uh, are, they're getting like a tax break because their state taxes are so high. But that is such an upside down way of approaching this because the New York and California use that money for their inflated social services stuff. And if they can't pay for it themselves, they will. They have the legislative power and now they have a reason. They're going to push it up to the federal level. I hate this one. And that's the only thing he said he would veto. That yet there is the the spending bill. There's 12 huge spending bills that usually there's some wrangling over. That's what shuts down the government. They all got passed. I, I don't know if he signed them yet, but he's definitely going to sign them. And and there's funny stuff in there. It's one point four trillion dollars of spending. It's resulting in a trillion dollar deficit. 
So a, a lot of the, so the federal government takes in money and a lot of that goes to mandated programs, mandatory programs, Social Security, whatever, that you don't vote on every year. And there's interest on debt. You don't vote on that either. You just vote on the discretionary stuff. And it's so inflated now, it's almost 100% deficit spending. We have a, a deficit, a debt now that's over $23 trillion. It's well over the GDP. It's over and that like an oh, greater than 100 percent GDP debt to GDP ratio is outrageous in peacetime. And just layer that into the fact that we are the richest society that ever existed. Why are we borrowing from the future? It makes no sense. And I don't believe that it's going to resolve itself within the system we have now. And what I actually think I see it from all different directions I fear that this these are the last days of the American experiment from a couple of different directions. The debt could bankrupt the system. The way they're approaching from the impeachment to the electoral college to maybe federalizing the elections. There's over $400 million in one of these spending bills for election security that's getting pushed to the states we don't know exactly what's going to be used for it's discretionary on their part but that may come with strings attached over time i don't know but i just feel like the elections themselves the way the democracy is shaken out the uh the the way bill barr the attorney general is kind of getting into pre-crime and thought policing the way they're using public private relationships to get around the the bill of rights like through censorship on social media which Binkley I think you have some clips that will demonstrate to people that they knowingly people behind the scenes are are strategizing on how to nudge these big companies to to do things that the government couldn't pass laws to do because it would be it would violate the first amendment so I want to get to some of those clips but I feel like from all different directions, oh, and the word, the biggest threat to our system by far, in my opinion, is this USMCA, which I want to get to in the five o'clock hour, really want to lay out all the things that, I, and I can even direct you to just a few uh, of the chapters that you can read to understand what I'm worried about. I'll actually tell you right now, I would read if I, if you want to read it, it's just the chapters aren't very long. Think off the top of my head, it's 19, 27, 30, and 32 of the USMCA. People want to understand the USMCA. It won't take you long to read those four chapters, 19, 27, 30, and 32. And, uh, and you can see that these are, this is an instrument to, make a template for kind of a global system that other countries and regions can just plug into. So I really feel like there's a major threat to kind of our system and it's coming from all different directions right now. And that uh, the, the debt is, is such a tell for me that people aren't really caring about it. And why? I mean, we're, you know, it will never, we'll have to, something terrible will happen or something different will happen to get us out of that. It's just not going to resolve in the system that we have right now. So, 
so I think there's a lot of policy stuff going. I think that fundamental transformation of this country may happen yet. You know, Obama promised it. Trump said he would stop it. But I think Trump is ushering it in knowingly or unknowingly by providing this level of like tabloid entertainment. I mean, the impeachment is basically feeding him lines. It's just giving him material so that I just can't even imagine another personality who could dominate the news day after day, year after year without the the fundamentals of real paradigm shifting policy ever being discussed. I mean, this week was a blockbuster of major policy and I want to get into it. But I also, even though I think that the impeachment may well have been generated as a distraction from all this stuff and was not emerging organically because people like AOC were pounding the table for it and her followers. But just because it's it isn't organic doesn't mean it doesn't matter. It does matter. And it, and it will have implications. It does matter how it unfolds. I feel like so the big news was that Trump was impeached this week. Just a couple of hours short of what would have been the anniversary of Clinton's impeachment. Now, Clinton was acquitted by the middle of February. I do not see that happening here because, for one thing, Pelosi will not forward the articles of impeachment to the Senate until she understands what's how they're going to do it. But even once it gets there, instead of the Senate, the Republicans, they are just putting it to rest like they should, just squaring it away. They will probably go <laughs> through trying to turn the tables on the Democrats by making it a Biden witch hunt, which they will not do in a in a uh, a sober, methodical way because there's so much there on Biden. I mean, he could go to jail, in my opinion. They'll make it ambiguous and witch hunty and maybe it'll backfire. I mean, I would not put it past the Republicans to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. I just can't. I mean, they could do it. But it could be the Democrats who are trying to do that, who kind of want to lose on purpose so that they can keep using Trump to mask things that they might have to otherwise take responsibility for, like an economic crash or a war or this Green New Deal. I mean, Trump's going to bring infrastructure in his next term. You wait and see. And it's not going to be pretty. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen that the Democrats want to happen, and maybe they'll play the old Republican game of being number two so they can vote the way their constituents want it, but still deliver to their cronies or the globalists like this USMCA, for example. But so, Binkley, I wanted to ask you a question that when I see this impeachment thing, I think it's for some purpose. I think it's intentional. I think it gets our our it's distracting. Is that what you called propaganda of the deed, if I'm right, about what this is? What is or what is propaganda of the deed? It's a somewhat. Thing, yeah. Right? Propaganda of the deed is an overt act that. So you stage an act that has a major impact on the public that causes them to their opinion to shift one way or, or another for the need oh, of something. Okay. Yeah, to so demand it's actually something. to change the opinion. So like an a assassination. false flag would be more. Yes. Right. Is that right? A false flag would be more of propaganda of the deed. OK, so I saw there was a bunch of MS-13 arrests in New York, and I figured whether it's good or bad, whatever they 
Bill Barr would use that to justify Project Guardian, where yeah. he wants to kind of, he talks about terrorism being the template. I think also the drug war is a template for them to justify taking away our rights. So that would be more like it. Okay. Very interesting. But in any case, I do think that the impeachment certainly is intended to serve a purpose other than really getting Trump out of office. I'd like to open this up to calls. Like, do do you think that this will backfire on the Democrats? I mean, I know that's a question everybody is speculating about, but I, I am curious to know if anyone is really worried about it, because sometimes it's like when I thought Hillary was going to win. You just something that seems so obvious to you can't often that's the they're kind of one step ahead of you that way so if you think what do you think is it is it uh gonna backfire or not 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk this is monica perez monica perez bring big drama show let's go let's do it on 95.5 wsb atlantis news and talk We are back. I'm going to go straight to some calls. And uh, Mark in Rome, want to talk about Pelosi holding on to those articles of confeder- of confederation, of impeachment. Hey, Mark, you're on. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, you had ask uh, thoughts about why the Democrats are holding the articles. I think it's real easy. I think, you know, a sports analogy, when you've lost, you know, if you're down three touchdowns with 30 seconds left in the game, you've lost. You can't lose further. So you might as well take cheap, cheap shots. On another analogy, if you play poker and you've got a losing hand, you know you've lost. You're dead. You're gone. You're, you're out. You wait until the, uh, the other person plays their hand. So the Democrats are just waiting. Just wait as long as you can. Wait until, uh, you know, the Republicans say something crazy, make a misstep, do something stupid. And they can cry foul, and so it's just a it's just a game. It's you just but wait and wait and wait. But why, when you've lost, you can't lose further. Why on earth would Trump have just accepted all of this policy this week? Like that thing, he did. He could have put his foot down. I mean, he could have fought fire with fire, but he accepted it all. It's weird. What do you think mm, about that? Well, <laughs> yeah. well he's a. Uh, I read uh, Bill O'Reilly's book on Trump, and I think one of the things is Trump can wait as long as he needs to wait. He's going to, you know, he will he will go as low as he has to go. He He's always going to hit lower. He's always going to go harder. So, I, you know, he can show frustration. That's fine. He can say stupid things. But at the end of the day, you know, he, he's going to fight. He's going to he's going to do what he has to do to win. So, it, you know. I think he's somewhat unpredictable, but again, but again, his his unpredictability is what's predictable. <laughs> yeah, you know? maybe, maybe. I was thinking that perhaps he um, should uh, fight that fight about the wall funding, which he he fought so hard last week, last year. But this year, he just the funding stayed the same at like one point four billion. I just want would have liked to have seen him. Fight fire with fire this time around. Yeah. You know, but that's all right. So, okay, I'm going well, to take... Um, yeah, yeah. good. He's definitely got enough battles to uh, to fight. I, I think he, uh, you know, it just depends on which one he wants to fight on what day. Um, so, you yeah, know, maybe, or at what moment, rather. Maybe he's crazy like a fox and he's got some <laughs> some tricks up his sleeve. All right, Mark, we'll oh, keep calling. He, you, yeah, he, he does it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So... 
Binkley, I have a question for you. What's that? Do you think that this is, I mean, really, truly in your heart of hearts, do you think that this is going to, who's going to be president on February 1st, 2021? Who will be the president of the United States? I think Trump will, but I would not put it outside the realm of possibility for President Nancy Pelosi, who is currently holding her articles of impeachment closely to her chest to be. How does that go? They'll get Pence out of there some way, same way they did with. But uh, like with Nixon, they took out Spiro Agnew, which people thought was caught up. He was caught up in the Watergate thing. He completely wasn't. They they just so Mark, yeah. But that didn't go to the Speaker of the House. That then they re you know appointed Gerald Ford and anyway. So Trump is my pick though. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, so. John, David, Jack, we're going to get some more feedback on whether this impeachment thing will work or not. This is Monica Perez. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at 95.5 WSB. Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on 95.5 WSB. And the true threats to our liberty this week actually do include what's a very sketchy impeachment process. I think that it's contrived. I think it's very political. And I don't mean that like partisan politics. I think it's it's a distraction at this level of the 3D chessboard so that what they're all colluding, conspiring to bring down crazy policy, policy that should be really vetted in the public forum. And instead, it's masked by this this fog. But there were a couple of items that I noticed as I was reading the news this week that pointed out to me how contrived this impeachment stuff really was or how pick and choosy it is for both the media and the politicians to go after Trump for for this really ambiguous at best phone call that revealed what may or may not have been malfeasance under it all. But let me just tell you two little stories. Uh, And you know what, Binkley? How you doing? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe if there's a tweet or whatever, we can, if people want to tweet at me at Monica Perez Show, we can hit some tweets a little bit later. And uh, I want to also wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And if you, like me, love to have some really super delicious cocktails, I am uh, looking forward to that. I have a blog. I'm, I'm not like promoting it. It doesn't make me any money but it's monicamixes.com and i have so many delicious christmas cocktails that i've been personally taste testing to so you know they're good i mean just to inject a little of the season here because the stuff you know they jam all the stuff at the end of the year it's very un uh i feel like it's completely out of the holiday spirit it's the opposite of the holiday spirit to use this our joy and diversions from the material world against us. You think the left and right are getting together behind the scenes having a holiday party? Well, you know, uh, Trump had that congressional ball last week. He did not seem like a stressed out guy. <laughs> I mean, there was like, there is, it was, it reminded me so much of the, when, uh, 
behind the scenes of like the NBA All-Star game, John McCain and Spike Lee were yucking it up like right after the election. I was like, what? So, yeah, I don't think it's it's as bad as it feels. But there were two stories that I thought were interesting. One was and and the way the media covers it. The Wall Street Journal wrote an article this week that said uh, Guatemala is set to finalize deal with the U.S. to accept Mexican asylum seekers. And by the way, that deal includes us building facilities there that I don't that Trump also, I think, got some facilities built in California. I wonder if all this stuff is about the prison industrial complex. But anyway, and cronyism. But let me just read you. It says U.S. officials began asking their Guatemalan counterparts to consider accepting Mexican migrants. Uh But the Guatemalan government initially resisted the request. Its stance changed after Mr. Trump and Mr. Morales met in Washington. That was the story from this week. But I knew that wasn't the truth. So I went back and I found a Reuters story from not very long ago. U.S. immigration aid restored to Central America after reaching migration deals. And it says the U.S. restored economic aid to El Salvador, Guacamole, Guatemala, and Honduras that had been cut off after the Trump administration complained that this, the three Central American countries had done too little to halt a surge in migration. So they cut off aid to get them to sign on to these treaties. And when they signed on, the aid was restored. It had nothing to do with Trump negotiating. It wasn't in his power. This is a quid pro quo in completely in the service of the United States. Whether you like it or not, that's how it works. That's how, that's how it did work. Nobody's talking about that. There was another thing in the news that this one MDB Malaysian fund that was the subject of a lot of malfeasance and money moving around, it actually got the president of Malaysia ousted, whether he was guilty in it or not, not 100% sure, but it caught my eye because it reminded me of the kind of thing that I I feel like I uncovered a little bit with Ukraine in that they, the U.S. government and George Soros in some cases, go after corrupt officials in other countries, and I would say exclusively corrupt officials that just aren't on their side. The corrupt officials who are on their side get away with whatever, murder included. And I noticed that the U.S. was negotiating with Goldman Sachs, who was part of the deal, part of the fraud, I think, or at least a couple of their workers were, were, uh, a $2 billion fine. And I'm looking everywhere to see, does the United States government keep the $2 billion fine from Goldman for something that had nothing to do with them? I don't know, but as I dug in, I saw that one of the masterminds, this Joe Lowe guy of the Malaysian thing, he and uh, this uh, Haitian-American rapper from the Fugees were, uh, the Fugees guy, Praz, I think his name was, was brought up on charges for the two of them getting together to funnel $20 million through like 25 different entities into the Obama re-election campaign fund in 2012. And that's like in and there's pictures of Praz with Obama. So and part of the deal was that they wanted to have access to the president. And I just look at that and I think, isn't that election interference by foreign entities? Like, I don't understand why one thing gets this level of scrutiny and that the media like the Wall Street Journal. I want I want them to bring this stuff out. I want if you were going to have partisan news outlets, let at least represent both sides. That's why I think this stuff is going on on a level above partisanship, and it's really in service of globalism. And that is what I think we're getting right now. Globalism, bankruptcy, and uh, a loss of sovereignty and a loss of our rights and protections. And all the things that happened this week point to that. 
in my opinion. So I'm going to get to the policies that passed this week. First, I want to get some more calls. I'm going to go to Brandon. Brandon, you, sorry, I know you've been on hold. So if, if that's the radio on, I'll give you a second to turn it off. But hey, Brandon, you're on with me. Hey, Monica, how's it going? Good, how are you? Um, lovely, and I just want to say that I'm, um, I agree with everything you said so far today. I think you're nailing it. Your instincts are right on, and you should always trust them. Thank um, you so much. And so what do you think? You I, think that this is going to backfire or what? I think I, okay, logically deducing this, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and he's a Trump supporter, and I just had to say to him, I'm like, okay, you're so upset. But the left isn't that stupid. They're, they don't have these people that go to Ivy League school that study for years and years all this psychology. They know how bad it looks. I really think that they would prefer a Trump presidency because you're right. They get more stuff done. <laughs> yeah, and they don't have to own it. And it, it seems inevitable to me there's going to be a big crash and that yes. they would like to put that on the feet of somebody who says he doesn't want globalization or is a Republican or is a conservative because whoever's left holding that bag is going to have some explaining to do. And they can everybody thinks that his trade policies are crazy or whatever, you know, even though this USMCA thing is an absolute continuation of previous <laughs> trade deals and contains literally word for word verbatim 57% of the words in it are from directly lifted from the TPP. I want to talk about that at the five o'clock hour. What else you got, Brandon? I'll give you another minute. Um, Okay. I think we could talk about something you talked about before, and that's really guns. And I think the reason that they're going after this and they're playing this game with Trump and and the reason people power play these games is because we're the last armed nation. So they can't just outrightly come after us and they can't come after the whole world because of that. You know, like you've said before, I heard you say how we're the linchpin, basically. So I feel that this is the way they do it. They use this Fabian socialism and they're cooking us there to a point where, you know, maybe 20, 50, 100 years, we're just going to hand over our guns. I told I don't think it's going to take that long. It might happen. No, I don't by think the so end either. Of, yeah. Of, by the end of Trump's second term. There was an article yeah. today on Fox News that said New Zealand, this is the headline, I'm reading it right to you, New Zealand collects more than 50,000 guns after assault weapons ban following the shooting at the mosque. So Yeah, people, and you can't yeah. talk about that at all. There's a guy named Vinny Eastwood. He talks about stuff like that online. You can check him out on YouTube. And he's had police come to his house because he talked about how the The guy in shooting. New Zealand. That guy is in New yeah, Zealand. He, right? I saw his video. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, and I also just wanted to say um, before I had to go, I have my website. I think you'd find funny. It's called morelawsmorproblems.com. Cute. All <laughs> right. Been... I like it. Tweet it at me so I can retweet it. Yeah, right yeah, now. sure. And All I've right. been writing on it before right. I was even. What? Sorry. <laughs> I lost oh. you, Brandon. Yeah, there you are. Yes. Um, okay, no, do that to me, and I will do at Monica Perez Show, and I'll retweet it immediately. Thank you very much, and uh, keep All calling, right. Brandon. So we did want to talk about this New Zealand, Zealand thing for a second. People think that. I, you go back to Rahm Emanuel. He says, never let a good crisis go to waste. So, and what he means by that, he goes on to say, is if there's a crisis, get a policy passed that you could not otherwise get passed. As Brandon points out, there's a, I, these guys are Ivy Leaguers, think tankers. They're, they're not stupid. They're, they don't, they aren't our kind of people a lot of times, but they're not stupid. And, and a lot, and many of them, like the collectivist type, the Marxist type, 
believe that the ends justify the means. So if you don't get the crisis you need when you need it, why not create that crisis? Now, that goes back to the propaganda of the deed, Bankley, that we were talking about earlier. So I feel like I don't know what happened with that New Zealand mosque thing. The story was very sketchy, but they took a country that was a real poster child for very loose gun laws and very low gun violence. It's like Vermont. I fear for Vermont. I fear like Vermont's going to be all of a sudden have some crazy thing that because they're liberal up there and they might capitulate immediately like they did in New Zealand, but they went and they took 50,000 guns away in New Zealand. And if that's, and I, I do believe that we are the kind of last stand and, uh, and we just need to be a little more curious about the details of some of these events so that you know whether the policies they're proposing actually address the causes of these events. Because it's like Iraq, we invaded Iraq, because Saudi Arabia did 9-11, or Saudi Arabians did 9-11. But it made no sense at all. It was just an event that freaked people out, and then a policy was implemented that had nothing to do with it, a pre-existing agenda item, by the way. So uh, I would just recommend skepticism. I want to keep taking calls. Um, John and David, I will get to you. Let me take this break first, and then we'll have some time to have uh, continue our conversation. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Straight to the phones. I'm going to David. Thank you so much for hanging on, David. You are on with Monica. Monica, always a pleasure. I enjoy always listening to you. Um, just thank you and all that. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I thought about what you were asking, whether it's going to hurt the Democrats. It sure is, it sure is not going to help. Yeah. <laughs> Just Do because tell. of the fact, well, like me personally, I, I lean toward more of Republican as far as policies, lower taxes, generate more revenue, da, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not into people getting handouts. But anyway, the whole point, I think it's going to blow up in their face. And I, I kind of hope it does just because maybe the, maybe these liberals, some of these liberals that are so far left can't see the forest for the trees, so to speak. I, I hope it does. Let me ask you a question. Are you yes, a ma'am. hardcore Trump supporter? Or are you just happy he's not Hillary? Not hardcore, no. But he's done a heck of a job, in my opinion. Everything yeah. he said he has done, he's trying to do. He's got most of it done, but he's got a Democratic House that's not helping him. Uh, you know, and, and I've had discussions like my girlfriend now. We've talked. We talk. We don't get upset. Do you have liberals, these left-wing liberals that are getting totally upset over policies that where he's trying to help the country and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sorry. He's done a heck of a job, whether you like him or not. He's not there to be liked. He's there to run a country. He's there to do the boys best for the country. I don't even think that he is... I don't even think it's the policies that they don't like. I think it's just him and what he stands for, and they don't like it. They feel like it's a, it's an ominous sign for the direction of this country. I don't think so. I think we're getting the globalism. I agree that that the country seems to be in good shape, but I don't, uh, I don't like where it's headed still with the debt and the deficits and the 
globalist trade agreement uh, that I do, I'm going to get to. But let me get what may be an, a different point of view from John, John in Jonesboro. Hi, John, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Merry Christmas. You too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I disagree. I, I do think he's bad for the country. Um, I don't think he represents the country well as far as everyone as a whole. I don't think he's gained one fan at all. Um, do you think that the people want him impeached? Do you think that this will backfire on the Democrats or not? Well, I, I think well, I, I think Democrats want him impeached. I don't think the majority of the country pays attention anyway, but I think the voting Democrats do want him impeached. But why do they want him impeached? I mean, they would have wanted him impeached whatever he did, even if I it think, was just policy. I, well, I, I think he's just broken so many laws, and he's just been given a pass because he's not a politician. Like, you know, a, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they all do break a lot of laws, but what laws right, do you think are the most Obama, egregious? If he, if, if he was Obama, the, the Republicans would be standing on their heads, literally. But if what do a, you think are the real he, laws that he broke? Because I'm not crazy about the grounds for impeachment, but name like two or three laws you believe he has I think, broken. I think the interview with... Um, Zelensky? Uh, no, Russell... Um, I mean, what's the guy's name? Uh, the black guy from NBC. I don't Been know. Bigley, do you watch NBC? But, but when he said, when he admitted that he fired Comey, because he was being investigated. I thought, I mean, I thought he crossed the line there. Yeah, um, maybe. I mean, that might know, have been worthy of investigation. I, I, I think his two-hour private meeting with Putin is definitely an issue. And I also believe that he is the biggest national security threat that we have once he's out of office. His mouth is just too big. <laughs> and, and once he's out of office, he will be a national security threat to the, to, to the Secret Service, the FBI, CIA, and everybody. Well, you never know about that, but they have a way of taking care of keeping people's mouths shut. I don't know what it is. Maybe they show them the Zapruder film. I'm not sure. But I'll never forget, though, Obama told the president of Russia that after the election, he would be able to play ball. So I think maybe it could go both ways. And it didn't. It could. So it could. So uh, anyway, stay tuned. More after the break. I'm going to get to the meat of the policy from this week. This is Monica Perez.